Welcome back, back to Depression with Jonathan and Katie. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jonathan, um, how's your depression? <laughs> I mean, absolutely terrible. I've gotten no assistance from any government, city, state, federal, or foreign. Nothing. Or province um, or village. Yeah, gotten no. Um, honestly, it's just made me have less. I have less faith in governments especially the American government and more faith in community because the only people who have really been helping me out are like my loved ones, uh, friends, my boss, like only community actually looks out for other people, but like the government, absolutely not. Which is why I think um, after this, unless like this is how radical I am, unless things change in America after this, I think Americans shouldn't have to pay taxes. If you can't get clean drinking water or water without lead, if you can't, if like Oakland can't get their uh, roads paved um, while San Francisco can, if Flint, Michigan can't get clean drinking water, if if people can't get their fucking like $1,200 stimulus check, I, I say we should not pay taxes, at least for a year or two, like no taxes for all Americans. Because what, what, what was the point of that? We, we input, we pay taxes for what? Yeah. What? I also feel like um, it is like this whole system is melting and a scam because it's like, number one, if we can pay, like, I know people were complaining. They're like, some people, even if they're getting unemployment, they're making more money in unemployment. I'm like, good. Cause that fucking like, if, if they can, and also it's like, if the government can do all this and give all this money, like every, every system is, is bullshit basically. And that's actually not even true. Most unemployment they um, dictate how much you get based off of how much you earned. Um, so yeah. this thing of like, oh, oh, oh my God, th this guy only earned uh, $17,000 and he's getting equivalent to what would be $20,000 if he was on a year of unemployment. It's like, first of all, who gives a fuck? Second of all, that yeah. actually doesn't happen. Usually you end up getting a very small amount, actually less than what you earned. You know, I, I just... I cannot stand this country. I think it's such a terrible country. Like we are a really, really bad country. I think a country is defined um, by how it treats its citizens and how it treats other people around the world. And I feel like we have a terrible track record, like both how a government has treated its citizens and how it treats the world. Like we have terrible domestic and foreign policy. Like we're just a terrible, terrible country. We truly are. And if we don't get better, I think people in the next 50 years, you're going to see people immigrate out of America. It's going to be too hard. We've talked about this. Did we talk about this last episode? I think we talked about it privately that you have decided between the two places you're going to move. I definitely think that I would try to get citizenship somewhere else so that I could benefit off of that country's uh, free healthcare, free education, social systems, and protection while also keeping my American citizenship because event because I am gonna eventually have to come back here even if I live somewhere else for two years because my almost my whole family's here. The industry that I'm working in is here. You know, America unfortunately has reasons to still come here, mainly because of the industries that are here, like entertainment and business and fashion and many, many industries, technology. Um, you kind of have to come here to get ahead in those industries, right? But I'm just very jealous of people who are like dual citizens with like France, right? Where they have free healthcare and free education or like dual citizens with like Canada. Like that, if you needed a major surgery, 
you wouldn't need to do that here in the US, you know? You could go somewhere else yeah. uh, to get it done for free or for insanely low, um, uh, not even co-pays, they don't call them co-pays there, but like an insanely uh, low amount. Like I've heard people like, you know, we're in some countries where everything is mostly free in their healthcare system, but certain things you have to pay for. I've heard of people like, having to drop an $80 fee after like an elective surgery. Like imagine that if you could like, yeah. um, you know, I don't know, get a breast reduction. Um, I don't a know. A dick reduction. A dick reduction. Um, and literally it only costs 80 bucks, you know, or nothing. I, um, it's, just, it's just absolutely crazy. Also, I don't know why more American students, if any of you guys are applying to colleges out there, apply to colleges outside of the US, apply to colleges in Canada, apply to colleges in the EU, especially in Germany. Many of them, um, it is free to study there, even for foreign citizens. And the ones that are still not free for foreign citizens are insanely cheap. Like, like for instance, in a few European Union countries, um, if you are a citizen of the EU, of course, it's free to go to university. But if you're foreign from any place outside the EU, it's $1,200 for the year. So for the crazy. whole year. <laughs> That's like you, you talked about, do you want to announce where you would plan to be moving? Because I think we decided on the city, the, the number one city. The number, I forgot. I, I forgot what I said, but I, I, I've been thinking about this. Um, I would probably, um, first thing I would do is I would get my Mexican citizenship because I am able to get it very easily because you just need like parents or a parent who is from Mexico and you can just like get it without having to do like residency or a test or anything because you have like Mexican citizenship right by blood according to the Mexican constitution. So they'll just like give you citizenship. So after I get that, then I would um, move to Spain for two years because anyone who has citizenship in a former Spanish colony gets like an ex, you can like go to Spain and only live there for like two years and then you can apply for citizenship in Spain. And then if you're a citizen of Spain, you're automatically a citizen of the European Union and you can live and work in any country in the European Union. Um, regardless of what's your country of origin. So like you could like live and work in Germany if you're Spanish or in France if you're German, it doesn't matter, you know? I love that your your vision is to recolonize backwards. That's what, every, that's what this is. Going to Mexico, Spain, and then you're like, and then I'm coming for England. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I couldn't do England because England's not part of the EU anymore. That's true, you're totally yeah. right. Yeah, uh, but guess where we could go, Katie? Guess what Berlin. is part of the EU? No, what? our biggest, our biggest UK ancestry that we share, Ireland is part of the EU. Oh I'm yeah, of course. Ireland. I mean, beloved. That's what I would do because white Mexico, <laughs> the Mexico of the North. Yeah. I thought last we talked, I thought you were thinking um, Berlin, and I was like, that's also hilarious that you're like, I need freedom. I'm going to Germany. <laughs> No, 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 not Berlin. No, I was thinking um, Spain just because I was thinking Canada because Canada does have an expedited system for Americans. Um, if you're American, you could literally immigrate to Canada in six months. 
but in order to get citizenship, you need to live there for four years. And I don't want to be forced to live anywhere that cold for four years. I would much rather be forced to live in Spain, which is like the weather of Southern California for two years, because then I could come back and I would get my citizenship. I just feel like it's much easier um, to do the Mexico to Spain route rather than the America to Canada route. I feel like the America to Canada route is just colder and less pretty and longer, so. I love that you're like, I can only recolonize in a Mediterranean climate. It's the only place where my It's the climate that I grew up in. No, but honestly, every, uh, that's what people do. Um, the recolonization, it's not recolonization. You're just basically taking resources from former colonizers that stole it from it's you. It's reverse colonization. Exactly. Yeah. Like that's my, why Jamaicans move to England so much. Because, yeah. yeah, of course, they should. Africans moved to France and to Spain and to Germany and to the Netherlands and to England because they were colonized by Europe, you know? That's why I, that is why I am so staunch about um, the United States' involvement in Latin American affairs and them upholding dictatorships that made uh, whole countries crumble, forcing immigrants to come to the United States for a better life. I feel like that is also reverse colonization. It's just that the colonization done from the U.S.'s standpoint was done like covertly, you know what I mean? So I feel like Latinos immigrating should also like be allowed in because it's like, yeah, well, we fucked up your country, so you definitely should be able to come in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Are you going to, when you're there, because of free university, uni, what if you, yeah. I can't, I'm sorry, I, it will be impossible. If you start saying uni, I'm going to die. But in my mind, as soon as you were like, you can go anywhere, I was like, if Jonathan moves to Spain and starts going to art school, I don't know if we're going to sustain. <laughs> in my mind, you're going to grow out your hair and you're only going to speak about art stuff and you're going to be like, please come to my show and it's going to just wear a lot of scarves. Like, I don't know. No, the Zoom calls when I'm living in uh, Barcelona will just be me chain smoking. <laughs> just With just, espresso? Uh, you won't even be able to see me. It'll just be smoke and you'll just get wisps of me. <laughs> And you'll just be complaining about tourists. <laughs> the tourists here are crazy. And I just keep <laughs> sounding more and more. I'm not even putting on a Spanish accent. It's just I sound more like Donatella each time we log on. Yeah, just vague, vague Mediterranean. I love fake countries. Do you remember, uh, shout out to the Princess Diaries in the country of Genovia. <laughs> Genovia. <laughs> Honestly, Genovia sounds like a heaven. Like a heaven country. Yeah. Anyways, we were also talking about your escape plan because you also have a citizenship uh, trap door out of the U.S. in case like The Handmaid's Tale happens. And what's yours? Yeah, mine is uh, repatriating to Sweden because I have an uh, ancestor's birth certificate and I can do that as long as they were like born there. And we know the village, the ancestral village. My mom went there last year and she even found like the actual home, which he left, I guess, 150 years ago. That's absolutely like amazing. Pictures and pictures. It was pretty crazy. And it was full deep witch forest. Like it's literally, it's in this iron, like iron mining uh, forest area. And it's like so rural, so um, like remote. And um, yeah, it was very midsummer. So I can return to the land. I keep must. saying, ever since I saw the movie, I, and I don't know why, it's because I kept saying it before I even saw that movie, I always say Midsommar. No, you're right, it is. Is it, it is. Midsommar or is it Midsummer? It's Midsommar, I don't know. Midsommar. That's, I, 
learning to speak Swedish would actually be quite challenging. It would, but you're in luck because most people there speak perfect English. So I feel like, I feel like actually it would be more challenging because everyone knows great English there. So when you were like struggling in Swedish, they would just say, yeah, so what do you want? I can just help you in English. So they would never let you practice because they would all just be like, we're nice and we're Swedish and we're just going to speak English to you because you're struggling. And it's like, yeah, but... What if the like in the repatriation process for both of us, what if they're like, you don't have to like learn the language, but you do have to learn to speak English in the accent. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, that's totally like Lindsay Lohan. Do you remember when Lindsay Lohan um, got recorded in Greece um, by like uh, people who were around her? She was speaking in a fake, like weird Greek Eastern European accent but in English but she was speaking it to a woman who spoke Russian because the woman who spoke Russian was like I don't know like doing something and Lindsay was like trying to stop her so the woman punched Lindsay and so she all t- the recording like trying to take her kid yes so like Lindsay um yeah Lindsay was doing something like that she should not have been doing but the recording was something like no do not do not touch her do, do you realize it is bad to touch people like it's just like and it like was on wendy williams and people were just kind of like does she think that this russian lady in greece can understand her because she's speaking english in an accent anyways coke is a great drug that would be a great sketch we should do that our accent our accent (laughs) and it's like i am here in stockholm now that's not not, can't do sweden and we are speaking swedish now Swedish. All I know is our hometown is called Ornbro. Oh, but you know what you could do, Katie? You could, of course, repatriate to Sweden because you have your ancestors' um, document. So under Swedish law, you can repatriate. So then you would then become part of the EU, right? Because Sweden is part of the EU. Yeah. So then guess where you could go and live is Ireland. So then you wouldn't need to learn the language because Ireland is part of the EU and you could just go live there. And I feel like you'd be much more comfortable in Ireland. I would. I would. I, I need to be like, when I'm around depressed people, it makes me happy, you know? <laughs> you know, like when you want your inside, like, you know how two negatives make a positive? <laughs> it's like, it's why I'm like, you know, in the words of Shirley Manson, I'm only happy when it rains. Um, I feel like if you moved to Ireland and I moved to Spain, I would be chain smoking in the Zoom calls and you, every time I would log on to the Zoom call, would be it your hairline would get further back and further back and your <laughs> like starch collar would get further like higher and higher to at, at a certain point until you reach like full 1300 like hairline yes. with like starch medieval collar. queen <laughs> can you believe people thought that that was attractive like how about hairline back here and a collar <laughs> bigger than your body just like i, don't I it is hilarious like old fact like stuff that was just hot like for men like i mean just like a real like loose blouse you know with gold i mean you have to admit like everybody dressed gay in the past absolutely i mean heels were invented for men yeah which makes sense it's kind of actually surprising men don't wear it now because men can be self-conscious about their height yeah what if if you just always came over in like a kitten heel boot (laughs) Ew, no, I would always be like six, seven inch stilettos or nothing. Yeah. I would never do that. Um, oh, so I'm obese. 
No, it's true. I've been. Well, for the record, I want the people to know that this is an ongoing. Um, no, this is morphic syndrome. <laughs> this is not body dysmorphia. Here's the thing. I've been obese. I was more obese earlier, and I'm still obese now. Here's the thing. Okay, but when you say that, I do believe you showed me before that clinically, according to the like ridiculous and antiquated like 1950s housewife health organization whatever chart that you did show me that you were technically obese yes no i i don't even know if it's that antiquated obese i think we use obese to mean like morbidly obese which is another category but i think obese just means like you're more than just overweight right so um of course but isn't it but also what if you're what chart is it if you're just swole Cause that's what you are getting to be no but it's done by well here's the thing bmi body mass index i'm overweight not obese okay? okay that's a different kind of like category this is why i think this is all kind of bullshit too so then if you go to the body fat chart which is different than the bmi index um i'm obese because my body fat percentage according to like how i did the at-home measurement is between like 26 and 29 percent it's like somewhere between there which is in the obese range because if you're over 25 percent you're obese body fat um so then that means that so many people that we know like so many people that you wouldn't even think of as obese are obese according to their body fat or their bmi you know what i'm saying like if chris has a bmi that's like over 25 he's obese it's so, it's also like ridiculous though, because the calculations are so, I don't know, it's just all crazy. But how do you, more importantly, how are crazy. you? Well, here's the thing. I'm going to stop paying attention on my fitness journey to these like BMI numbers or the body fat percentage numbers. I'm going to stop measuring completely. And I'm just going to go by how I feel and how I look in the mirror. The reason that is, is because of my mental health. I just kind of want to like throw myself out the window because I'm just like, wow. So like, what do you have to do to like not be obese? And the reason that I felt so discouraged is I actually decided, let me actually put in my stats of remember Katie, like two years ago when I was at my absolute thinnest. Okay. So I put in my stats for my height. I put in 160 pounds. I put in my waist measurements at the time at my absolute thinnest, right? 32 inches. I got back that I was 20% body fat, which is at the high end of fit or the low end of acceptable. So I was like, and 20% body fat is still looked at as being like kind of still high body fat. And I was like, wow. So even me at my thinnest still had 20% body fat, then fuck all this. Because I was so at my thinnest, I was so hungry, like constantly, like I was constantly just hungry. And I was just like, well, then fuck all this. I'm just going to go by how I look in the mirror. Because um, one thing that the fitness experts say when I like watch their YouTube videos is they're like, so here's another way to measure body fat. And there's so many different ways to measure it, right? You could do measuring tape, cow pores, you could do like weird science fiction machines, whatever. But they always say, but of course, there's not a lot of research in terms of um, calculating body fat accurately. So they always say that. And then then they still have um, websites after websites of these charts. And it's like, well, then if there's not a lot of research, then why are we even putting that much stock into this anyways? You know what I'm saying? 
No, it's it's such a it's such an unhealthy thing for everybody like to do. I just go off like how do you feel? First of all, in your body. I've noticed so much change in my body in the past two and a half months of working out, like major definition. Um, I took pictures of myself from two and a half months ago, every two weeks to now, and I could literally see my love handles do this in all the pictures, like get smaller. And so I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to go how I feel. I do not care if at, at the end of this, when I have, let's say, the body that I've always wanted, if I go in and it says that I'm still overweight, I'm going to be like, I don't care. This is the body that I worked for and that I wanted and I think looks good. Yeah, that's not, don't pay attention to that. The only thing anyone should measure their weight in is Instagram likes. <laughs> Which, again, uh, th that's what I don't like about this whole world. It's all our value. It, like We have a number system assigned to our value. I mean, like Instagram... I get barely any likes, you know what I mean? If Twitter, barely anything. And you just kind of feel, especially as a comedian, you're like. All this, everything, validation, all yeah, this Like, stuff. am I it's, worth anything? This is why I do love Jamila Jamil. I know half of people love her, half of people are like, she's so annoying. She's, she's wonderful thoughts, especially for, for girl, young girls about like body image and like, does your body work? Does your do you feel good? Are you like mobile? Like, these are the things that matter, you know? And I'm like, I'm, I'm very grateful that like growing up, I did not ever have a eating disorder, but that's like my mom, when my mom was in college, she was hospitalized for anorexia. As wow. I've said before, she was a pioneer of the disease. And <laughs> so like growing up, she was always like paranoid that my sister and I would be. So she was very like body, like, positive you know or just like always very but she was always very worried about us getting too skinny like that was her right her thing um and I just I'm like you know it's like can I dance that's all I care about can I dance can I move <laughs> no, can I walk you know like on it honestly because it's like you know and I know I'm saying that as like a a thin white blonde woman you know who's only 300 years old but um it uh it is like the amount of like brain power it takes up is so stupid, you know? Right. Like it's so, it's so dumb. And like people are going to, part of me is like, people are going to judge you for like my blue eyeshadow. So no, <laughs> but I do think it is like this like obsession and this like, I also think especially right now, like there's so much controversy, controversy over like, people being obsessed in quarantine with like talking about weight and like, Oh, I'm binging and stuff. But it's like a lot of this, I think is just people's like wanting to control something in this like uncontrollable situation. So they're becoming like obsessed with it and like, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God. You know? Right. Um, but I'm happy that you are happy, like, or feeling good. That's I what am, I am feeling good. And it's just kind of like, yeah, I'm not, I just don't think I should put my fitness value because what it does is it literally goes like, I wake up, I've been working out every single day for two and a half months. I wake up and look in the mirror and I like really like my progress. And then when I go to like the measuring tape and then put inputting it into these like online calculators and then I see the outcome, then I go, oh, okay, it's actually really bad. 
Yeah. And it's like, well, why when you woke up and you really liked your progress and, you know, and even, and even, yeah. So it's just kind of like, no, but then this also makes me feel like, well, then maybe, you know, I should even, um, I don't know, maybe I should just become like a big thick neck strong man. Like imagine if my neck was right here. You have been sending me more and more pictures of your body goals, but just so you guys know, like what Jonathan sends me are um, monstrous men who are completely like look at these little noodle arms like I need I need like bigger they are like thick and terrifying and okay and I'm not body shaming you if you're a natural um insane monster man with crazy ripped like things you know I've Imagine if I was like this and I was like, yes, I'm here. <laughs> no, but honestly, I really like those. Bo- I really like those bodies. Like I like that, like husky, muscular, beefy body that looks in shape, but it still has fat around them. Oh, and that's another thing with body fat percentage and stuff is like a lot of times those guys also count as obese and yet they are like super, super strong, um, are constantly working out. A lot of them eat um, really healthy. Of course, some don't, but uh, some also eat very healthy, but they have to have like a high caloric intake in order to lift 500 pounds. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. But are there dicks obese? Yes. That's the thing. Your dick gets bigger as you lift weights. No, I'm just kidding. Does it really? No, I was like, no, absolutely oh, not. I've been fascinated. Speaking of body stuff, um, the things that I've been like consuming this week are... Um, I think there's this series by maybe the BBC, it's called Born Different. And it's about, it's all about people who are born with like one in a million, very rare conditions and like their lives and stuff. And I don't watch that stuff. Like I know some people are like, watch it because they're like freaks and stuff, but I'm just like genuinely curious about all, it's just fascinating all the like syndromes that can happen, all the diversity that can happen in like the human body and how like our idea of normal, like I'm quote normal, but it's like, it's just, it's so fascinating. And I'm also curious too, because there's so many people who um, like live like this, but in just like normal like lives. So like um, one of the like tallest kids on earth is like lives in Michigan, like just lives in a town in Michigan and his whole family, like the mom and everybody is like six feet or more. And I think this kid is like seven, seven eleven, and he's Whoa. 13. And they have to give him hormones because basically it's like his growth hormone since he was born is like pumping, pumping, pumping into his body. And so they have to give him a hormone growth hormone inhibitor, but he is like, I mean, literally he's a giant and he's 13. So they show him at junior high and it's like, everybody comes up to like his waist, you know? And the mom, what was crazy is like the mom, her whole family, they must be Dutch. Right. Cause like the whole family is just like, all the boy, all her kids are like over six five, but he's just like the tall, tall one. And um, she also, was also that makes sense because when I was in Michigan with my ex, like five, five or six years ago, he did say that like everyone in like northern Michigan, it's known in Michigan that everyone in northern Michigan is like of mostly Dutch or Scandinavian descent, and everyone in the southern part of Michigan is more like of British descent. So everyone always says like, oh, if you see like a super tall, like Scandinavian looking dude, nine times out of 10, you can guess that they're from Northern Michigan. And it's completely true because I guess just a lot of them settled there. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. But this, I felt bad only for this mom that she was like the amount of food, 
her boy her family consumes in a week and they're only like a family of like five but it's like literally like I think like a $600 like Costco run every six days oh like she buys like mountains of food and these boys like literally she's like I all I can do is like try to keep up with feeding these boys so crazy conversely (laughs) this other family Uh, every all the boy like this woman had like three sons and all the boys are like over like six five six six like huge boys and then her youngest son has a rare form of dwarfism so he's like two foot six (gasps) and she was like she was like literally like god has a sense of humor in my family because literally like we're the tallest people and then the youngest is like like you know so so small but he's so sweet and i don't like i don't know it's like that is so unfair but it's it is, but it's all, but it's also like, I don't know, people, are, you're just born with what you're born with. And like, what are you going to, you know, like, yeah, I don't know. like, like, uh, do you ever watch the good place? Yes. Do you know how like they had like a long running joke about the like other Hemsworth brother? <laughs> that, well, cause in real life, the, the fourth Hemsworth, Hemsworth brother is the oldest and is the shortest. Mm. all his younger brothers are I mean he's like five foot nine or something like average height but all his younger brothers are six two six three six four right and they took after the dad because the dad is tall but he took after the mom who is like the I guess the men on her side are more average height um and that must suck to just be the oldest and then also the shortest and also the least good looking and 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 all I could think was oh he was the bad pancake the first one. The first pancake. Yeah. Now, what's absolutely unfair is when you see him, he's actually a very handsome man, but compared to his brothers, he's like a dog. Everyone's like, oh, troll. I don't know. Yeah, but if he was not associated with them, everyone would go, oh, he's such a catch. He's good looking. He's a he's an average height. He's like built, you know? So crazy. I know. I have... The other one that tripped me out was like, so I have this fear of like, this. it's a, it's not common, but like, it can happen that like when a, when a woman gives birth, some, like her, something happens to change. Like women can be, like the anesthesia of birth can like trigger psychosis and you can like be basically like schizophrenic after birth. Oh, you can no. like get paralyzed. Like it's, you can have your body like, because I think it's just so traumatic to the body or the hormones, like you can have insane things happen once you give birth. And this is like, it's one of those like one in 20,000 women has these situations, but this one woman, she was like loved swimming. Like she just couldn't wait to like have a baby and like swim or whatever. She became, she's like one of only like 50 people in the world with it, but like she delivered her baby and then she became, she's allergic to water on her skin. If she gets water on her skin, she gets like the most worst rash hives all over her and she lives in london so she literally or like england so she's like literally i can't go outside because it's always raining and like she does take showers each day but it's like she does it as quickly as possible and she just knows she's just gonna like have this rash for like however many hours and be on be super itchy and they like don't know what causes it all that stuff and the sad thing is like she can't take her baby like swing she can't swim anymore either it's just so like like i'm like it's so specific and crazy that that would be like the thing that she couldn't do, you know? It's, it's so weird. so sad. Um, when I worked at the children's hospital for a year, back when I was like 20 or 21 or something, there was like, you know, the children's hospital of LA and the one in Boston are like the two top ones in the world. So there's literally like Irish people and Chilean people and African people bringing their kids who have the worst, rarest diseases um, 
to that hospital. So there was this whole department um, about different genetic disorders. And some of them were like, these kids were born without the ability to digest fat. So they, for the rest of their life, have to be on a special formula um, and they can only eat certain foods because anything with fat in it is bad. So like they basically can like subsist on vegetables and that's it because anything else that's going to turn into fat um, is just like going to really mess them up. And unfortunately there were some babies that they didn't know about this genetic disorder until it was too late. So the baby was born like, besides this genetic disorder, it was mentally born healthy and fine, right? But because the mother breastfed the baby and the breast milk is full of fat, the baby became mentally retarded because it couldn't digest the fat and it got severe brain damage. So now for the rest of its life, it needs to be like, Con in constant care as well as on a special formula diet like total tragic tragedy you know what i mean it's so heartbreaking and yet how many la models would be like i wish i couldn't digest fat right it's, it's just like it is so it is so crazy and i like it makes me i watch these because i it really does make me thankful for like every little thing that is okay and it's so crazy because there's like it they're almost like like x-men superheroes because or like something because it's like you know one girl like has a syndrome where like she breaks her bones non-stop you know like if she sneezes she breaks ribs another girl has a syndrome where her bones are all f are fusing together so like she can't move it's like oh so crazy i know and i'm sorry guys to like bring it down but all that to say it's just i'm just it makes you like grateful for what you have it's uh, if you are like a person who's like relatively healthy, it's actually, it's like uh, not a miracle, but it's like amazing. Like how lucky are you that you, you know what I mean? I and know. Like, like it, it, I think what it is too, is this is actually, unfortunately, I think all a part of human evolution. Like we are currently always just evolving each generation, right? Um, depending on environment and also depending on like what's going on in human genetics too. Like, they were saying like each generation seems to get taller um, because of uh, the amount of nutrition in countries and also the amount of hormones in countries and it actually starts to affect the genetics of things. There's even things like where they said like stuff like famines, like the Irish potato famine can actually um, affect the genetics of generations that follow like something like up to four generations following can affect it not only body-wise, but mentally. Um, That's why all my family is crazy as fuck. Well, <laughs> it's true. There is something, I do believe in that thing. I think you've talked about it before, is something about like genetic trauma, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, I think they call it epigenetics, but that one is really interesting with Irish people because like turn of the century, it was kind of like a joke when all the immigrants were coming over that like all of the mental institutions were filled with Irish, like majority Irish, because yeah. they think potato famine like triggered schizophrenia in a large yeah. part of the population so crazy but this is the other thing that's interesting about all those things they every syndrome has a name right they're always named after some bro <laughs> and i was like what would katie french syndrome be uh, what would jonathan cerda raul syndrome be that was a great pronunciation of cerda 
Certa. That was great. I feel it's like mine one. would be yeah. like compulsive twerking. <laughs> no, it's when white women have surprisingly big ass. It's it's you have Katie French <laughs> syndrome. Um, well, I'm going to say extra big ass, compulsive twerking, um, spontaneous, like always trying to hit high notes that you can't hit (laughs) in public places. (laughs) Oh, what if they just, what if they just changed body dysmorphia to Jonathan Sertharal syndrome? Yeah, basically. (laughs) So if like a girl who was 80 pounds is like, I'm so fucking fat. They're like, you have Jonathan Sertharal syndrome. (laughs) Um, your syndrome would also include um, inability to do makeup on others. <laughs> <laughs> it is so funny though. Like, I guess they name them after people who discovered them. But it, like, it, I'm like, is that a fun thing to have your name on? You know what I mean? I guess if you're the scientist who discovered it. Um, but I definitely yeah. would not like if I was the person who was the first reported human to get a syndrome. I would definitely not want to be known for that. I would not, yeah. I, would, I would actually let the doctor take credit. I would say, you can take it, Dr. Santana. <laughs> that was my family doctor growing up, Dr. Santana. She knew me since I was like a little infant all the way till I was 18. Did, okay, now this one, I'm, and I'm gonna say this, I don't wanna laugh. It's, I feel so bad. It's a rare condition, but. And you guys, and I'm serious, I'm a very compassionate person. <sighs> okay, it's a real thing. It's called fish odor syndrome. In which you smell like fish? Your whole body? Fish or fecal matter. Your whole body? <laughs> Your body, there's a certain hormone or whatever you can't process and it is expelled. You know, your skin's your largest organ. So it's expelled through your skin and you smell nonstop. That is so tragic. It's so sad. And I don't, I'm not laughing, you guys. I'm really serious. What, how do they treat that? Can't, can't you just like eat a bunch of roses or something? <laughs> they can't. This woman, she lives in England. She has it and she takes a huge cocktail, but she literally was like, and I'm just saying this with her accent. She was like, don't know if they work (laughs) and she um it's it's so sad she they don't like they honestly they just don't know how to fix it but she was like her doctor told her like if it smells going in it's gonna smell coming out so she can't eat like seafood or like rock like anything bad and then but she but this is what's important she's married she found love how he said they interviewed him and he was like I didn't really notice it much. <laughs> oh, you know what's great though? Men, their noses don't work as well as women on average. Maybe they're nose blind, yeah, or like yeah. Something. But this is the, the I want to say this too. This is the thing about all m- many of these people too is that many of them are married and they have kids and they like do find love. So maybe it's not that bad. So it's like maybe it's yeah. just like when you sweat, then you smell like shit. You know no, because I mean? then they, I don't even know how they interviewed her coworkers, and then her little straight up boss was like, we get a lot of complaints about her, but she's really nice. <laughs> and then she was like, it was so, like, I was like, who put this in? This is so cruel. I genuinely feel so bad. 
Um, we get a lot of complaints about Sally. She smells like fish and shit. shit. <laughs> um, so that's hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, you guys. I'm so sorry. Um, but yeah, so let's just all be grateful <sighs> for that. Um, the other thing I've been into this week is spies. Spies? Spies. There's a spy museum in, and I have, I have like, I can't remember, did I send you on Instagram? There's a spy museum in DC. It's yeah. like the history of spying, all the artifacts and stuff. They're Instagram guys. Check it out. Spy museum. It's so cool. And every day they put some like different artifact or fascinating thing about like history and all the people who have been spies. And I am so impressed, even to this day, that there's people who are like full on spies and double agents. And yeah. even as soon as like, I think it was like in the nineties, basically like the, so it was something like the director of spies for the FBI, they actually had a feeling that he might be like a double agent. So they asked the people like the spies under him to start spying on him and they found out that he had been selling secrets to Russia and he has got 15 life sentences for treason. Oh. Treason is such a, it sounds like such a sexy um, crime though, right? Like the best word. And it's like, it's because it's so like dramatic, you know? Yeah. It's also just like, Lame. I don't know. Those sentences seem like really steep for that. It's like, so you have to go to prison for life because you like told a secret you shouldn't have told. I'm like, girl, I don't give a fuck. Uh, okay, first of all, if I'm guilty of that, honey, I have 2,000 life sentences. Yes. It's like, <laughs> shit. It's probably- You're like, literally, what was I supposed to do? I used to have like a joke about why I couldn't be in the CIA. I couldn't do any of that work because I always just would want to tell people. But But it is like, he was giving like, all, he was spilling all the tea in ways that like, well, now they know what our like weapons program is and they can like violate that or whatever, you know? Yeah, that is kind of true. Um, have you seen that thing on YouTube where they get like professionals to go through movie versions of whatever their professional profession is and they basically critique it and tell you how- Oh, yeah. Have you seen the spy one? No, but I love those. It's really cool because all the like, it, it in this video, all the like fancy spy stuff, she actually said like wasn't good. And then like, you know, Jennifer Garner and Alias, she goes on to say like, actually no, she was the best in terms of how realistic it was. So that just goes to show. The best, th spies are so good at doing reveals basically. They're it's like just, the queen of reveals. It also just seems so glamorous, even though in reality, it's probably a very lonely existence because you're always keeping something from everyone. I mean, imagine yeah. if I was a spy right now and I was, um, you know, you thought I was me, but I actually had a completely different identity. What if I was actually born and raised in Cuba and you had no idea and I was sent here by the Russian government to spy and I created this whole identity where I was some Mexican-American comedian and I just wasn't <laughs> who I said I was. That's so funny. I had, I've, ta I've talked about him before. I had a great uncle who was in the CIA, career CIA in nuclear intelligence. And he would uh, buy trade secrets about nuclear programs in all over the world. Wait a minute. Was he supposed to be doing that? 
Yeah, yeah, he was, I mean, that was his job for the CIA. Oh, okay, that's his job, okay. His job was to find out what nuclear weapons or technology every, all our like enemies and allies had. And so he was always <laughs> just being sassy. Con countries are basically just high school, just on bigger, no, it's basically it's so just true. Like, hey, China, can you tell us how big Korea's dick is? We just really yeah. want to know, because I need to actually sell that info to Canada. Because Canada's yeah. really into Korea right now. It's just and they'd be like, by the way, plutonium is so hot. She's going to be like prom queen. Honestly, not even. Plutonium stuffs her bra. She's <laughs> you guys. Which you can't um, know because she's known for her boobs. If she exactly. stuffed her bra, she would have nothing. Don't tell anybody. He did say that one time I asked him what his most like dramatic thing was. And he said that he was on a roof in Lebanon being shot at by a sniper and waiting for like a helicopter or his his exit people to get him. And I think he carried multiple passports. And I've always, and this is like, he, he also also like, won't tell me most things. He'll like only tell me if it's like already known or like declassified, you know what I mean? And my I'm always trying to be like, so like wink twice if it's, you know, if there's aliens or whatever. All he told me was never buy a laptop that's manufactured in China because it is spying on you. Really? Yeah, he said all Acer products are basically spy machines. All ASOS products? No, Acer, it's like a form of like- <gasps> I had Acer. I had yeah. Acer for the longest time. So wait, they just like spy on your info or just like- Yeah, I, I don't know. They must have microchips or they're like saying something to somebody. Oh my God. That is so, that's so upsetting. So okay, I'm going to share a screen. Hi, my name is Jonna Mendez. I recognize her from our previous Wired video. I was chief in disguise at the CIA. So cool. I love her. Yeah. Spies in disguise. This is a box of passports. Let's just comment too, quickly, her chunky jewelry. It's so like fifth grade teacher in the 90s or early 2000s. You know what she, I mean? That's why I love her. She looks like everybody's fifth grade teacher. Yeah. She also has the very like no nonsense like all right let's move it along kids we're trying to get to this assembly yeah vibes you know also you never in your life would you think this chick was like yeah head of disguise for CIA right can be born identity she looks I like love she these hates movies. this yeah not the reality. There is no box of passports. There are no huge bundles of money, no guns. This sort of denigrates the, the, the expertise required to do alternate identity documents. It's painstaking, it's meticulous. Can you check okay, wait, can you pause? We don't. Her, one of the artifacts from the spy museum is her own husband's forgery kit, and it looks like a little pencil box. And it was used, he used it literally to like make like 35 different passports or something. Oh. And you would just think it looks like a little art school. It's like blades, um, stamps, like little things. That is crazy. But it, it does make sense what she was saying about like, we can't just like make these for anyone to have. Like, you know, like you have to make them as you need them. Yeah, and you wouldn't be carrying around that many because like you would never want that to be found. Of course, yeah. If you're found with that many like, how, well, honestly, 
once I do my like escape to Spain to get EU benefits thing, I'll be an American citizen, a Mexican citizen, and a Spanish European Union citizen. So honestly, if I get caught with three passports, people are going to be like, who the fuck are you spying for? And then you're just going to fan them out and be like, shade. <laughs> <laughs> John Michael King. They're too precious. Yeah. You do them one by one as they're needed. They're not waiting for you around the world. I don't know about that picture. I don't know who I am. <laughs> Dying hair, homeland. Carrie's disguise basically consisted of dyeing her hair. She's getting her blood. I thought was uh, absolutely it's so true but i just think this is so funny like homeland is prestigious and the born identity movies are prestigious and she's over here being like yeah that would never ever happen both of them. Imagine what if if we were both trying to spy, or what if like I just got bangs and then nobody recognized me for the rest of my life? Like I was at your birthday party and you were like, "Where the fuck is Katie?" And I'm like, "I'm right here." Well, um, I do think I would be a really good spy because, as we've said, I have so many different looks: glasses, tan skin, short hair, beard. I can just be completely different people. It's so true. Yeah. So. similar scene in Alias, uh, she dyes her hair in a bathroom before she goes to the security. Where's your passport? Is it this one? It's too late for me. What do you think? What she did was absolutely spot on. Thank you. And she didn't just dye her hair. She dyed it outrageously red and then adopted the whole thing that went with it including chewing gum while she was walking through the airport. And then she has that that back and forth with the with the airline agent. I thought that was a brilliant scene. Yeah, yeah. This is a great example of distracting someone. Well, let's take use. I love it. Sweet talking to them. I love it. Totally hot. Getting them engaged and getting them away from the things you don't want them looking at. Window aisle. We could have used that as a training film. <laughs> wow. I love um, the idea that like, and they also say too, like, right, if you want to um, uh, like meet someone like in an unsuspicious place or something, like a lot of people are like, well, where's the most, I should go to like an abandoned warehouse. And then a lot of people are like, no, you should go to the middle of the Grove at Christmas season. Right. Like, because it's so many people are there. No one will, like you just blend in, you disappear in a crowd basically. Right. And like, I like this technique too though, of that it's like be as bold as possible, you know? Yeah. And I just love that the coolest spy scene, she was actually like, that's the one that's actually the most accurate. But it actually makes sense because she, Jennifer Garner's character embodied a new person. She just start, she just like was walking through the airport as like base, looking basically like Euro trash from the 90s. You know what yeah. I mean? Just like very like, and Alias I think was from like 1999. So that's very like, 2000 what she was wearing just like uh, and just like going in distracting like I was like that is so cool that makes me that scene made me want to be a spy <laughs> you know 
I love it. His disguises were convincing. Tell me what you saw. He was comfortable in them. His wigs were excellent. Go on. He was never trying to look good. I didn't. He was trying to fit these characters that he had built. Right. He came really close to projecting the little gray man that we always would talk about at CIA. That was sometimes, often, that was the goal. You wanted to be forgettable. We have to safeguard their security. Officers getting them to disguise is a lot like method acting. The look is part of it, but if you're going to wear it for more than a minute, you need to uh, inhabit it. Have you been in my house? That's what he does. Big day at FBI camp. He becomes the guy in the disguise, the, the bureaucrat, the nerd. Did you get a look inside this time? The actor <laughs> in him combined with the disguise. I thought he was brilliant. Thank you. The next clip is Quick Change, Mission Impossible. Oh, this one. We'll watch this and then we'll, we'll, I'll stop it. <laughs> I've talked about Quick Change previously for Wired. Quick Change is the ability to clandestine change returns. You have 37 seconds to come out with those changes. It was not unusual for us to layer disguises. So you'd have the, the true person and then he would wear disguise number one, and then on top of that would be disguise number two. We would never let that piece of the disguise fly away. That's evidence. <laughs> Three covers that are basically off limits to CIA, and that would be um, a, a religious figure, media figure, and um, Peace Corps. Not that we don't like the Peace Corps, we love the Peace Corps, but it has to stay kind of pure. You gotta do what's right. It cannot be suspected of harboring CIA officers, can you imagine? No. Priests are so vulnerable, they're just out there. If they're accused of being a spy, they don't have any structure to protect them, they're too vulnerable. Goddamn. We also don't use the media as a cover. Same reason. For another example of quick change, take a look at Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> I once took Megan Fox the wrong salad at a at a restaurant. Oh, and how did she respond? All the women are killing it. That's so funny. They're like quick change. She just takes off her glasses. Well, she also like changed hairs and stuff like that. The worst one was was I guess Claire Danes. She was like she had, that wasn't even dye hair. That was a bad wig. And she was like, hi. hi. <laughs> My name is Claire. I mean, Natalie. <laughs> like, she's just, like, terrible. Um, yeah, uh, being a, a spy sounds fun. But then, you, like, you would never, you, you, like, can never let people know you. I know, That's never the real you. Imagine if you had to go into the witness protection and they gave you a whole new identity. How depressed would you be? That is something that trips me out so much. But this is what I want to know. How does one become such a level of, like, spy, like, you have to have like no family or like i don't know yeah you know you can't like say my great uncle all he ever said was when people asked what he did he said he was in the military like yeah, you have to just be very vague to your family like you have to just like tell them that you do something completely different you know i love what if i feel like 
I would do, be doing a comedy show, like I'd be doing my set, and then that woman would come up to me after it, and she'd be like, you know what I loved about you? You were like, so forgettable. <laughs> you are what we like to call the little gray woman. <laughs> the little gray woman, and she's like, take my card, honey, you're gonna be a star. <laughs> well, I do think this episode of the podcast, we talked a lot about a lot of stuff, body dysmorphia, our escape plan when this country <laughs> falls. Um, and spies. I feel like that was actually kind of a juicy episode. I agree. So, um, guys, stay safe, stay spying, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.